You are listening to the Rolling Tape Podcast, and this is my interview with H.P. Mendoza, the director of The Secret Art of Human Flight. Hi, this is Danny Jarabek here with the Rolling Tape podcast from Tribeca Film Festival 2023. And today I am joined by H.P. Mendoza, director of The Secret Art of Human Flight. The film is here at Tribeca. H.P., how are you today? Are you enjoying the festival? And I'm excited to be chatting about this film. I'm great. Um, It's been nuts. This is my first time at Tribeca uh, premiering a film, you know, like being on this side of the red velvet rope. So uh, and I love New York, so I'm I'm on cloud nine. I love to hear it. Uh, and and so, of course, uh, your film, The Secret Art of Human Flight, uh, you directed this film. Uh, I would love to hear from you just to kick it off uh, how this film came to be. What were some of the early conversations you were having in bringing this thing to life? Well, um Grant Rosenmeyer reached out to me. He plays Ben Grady in the film. He's the lead actor and the lead producer of the film. And uh, he said he had this script that he wanted me to check out. And I thought that was interesting because at that point, I'd only directed films that I'd written. Mm-hmm. And um, it, uh, it it piqued my interest because, you know, we were smack dab uh, in the middle of a pandemic. And um, while I normally would find myself watching like something gritty, like the deuce or you know some, something that's a little maybe like I, I was really into crime dramas for a while until the pandemic hit and for some reason i started revisiting like movies from my youth you know like movies like et um and i started thinking about how this script made me think of a lot of those 80s films that are all about flying like always or uh radio flyer and i said hey this is that kind of movie that's kind of cool um and i didn't write it how interesting like what so i asked him i said what made you come to me and he said that he'd seen i am a ghost which is my horror film that i did uh, in 2012. And I thought, oh, that's funny. I didn't, I didn't think you'd see a horror film and think of me for this. Right. But I was flattered. And, um, and I remember thinking, um, I would do it if I get to put my stamp on it. Right. Like, cause it's a, it's sort of an anxiety I had. I said, okay, this is a, will it feel like quote unquote, an HP Mendoza film. If I were to direct a film that I didn't write. Um, but uh, yeah, I kind of gave him my spin, my director's take on it as someone who had recently experienced uh, loss because uh, I lost two friends. Um, and while traveling and getting ready for pre-production on set in Massachusetts, my father died. And uh, when everyone showed up on set, uh, it was clear that this pandemic made it so that way we were just a group of people who all experienced loss in some way, you know, and uh uh, I, I allowed everyone to put their stamp on it. And by making it a collaborative, eff- collaborative effort, interestingly, it feels like a singular vision. And it felt like an H.P. Mendoza film, I guess. I think I kind of went a little further than your question, but <laughs> that's, that, that's that's the beginning of it. Yeah, no, that, that's wonderful. And what you mentioned is this film deals with the idea of loss and grief in a in a really interesting way. And, you know, it's 
it's it's got so many tones operating within it throughout the the whole film but something that i felt like was a through line was this idea of just how do we cope with loss and how do we deal with grief as as human beings especially um coming out of something as as tragic and unprecedented as as the pandemic that we were dealing with and so how did you approach that topic of of embedding you know of course you mentioned this you didn't write this but how did you approach that topic in your direction of of loss and, and, and healing out of that. Well, so that's where I, I, I can't be selfish, right? Like I, yes, I can say that I'm like, you know, the death guy because of whatever, of whatever I experienced right before I flew to Massachusetts, but um, whatever came out of people's mouths had to be authentic to them. And I think one thing I experienced on set that I had never really experienced before was uh, the luxury of having um, the time to have longer conversations with actors, right? Um, where and not that's not to say that I wasn't directing actors before, but you know, I think when I when I was directing like nine, 10, 11 pages a day, here I was doing four or five, which is, you know, a little more standard for higher budget films. And this is the highest budget film I'd done. And instead of spending all that money on like crazy sets and exploding cars, I think it was spent on time and talking to people on set. Um, when I say people, I don't I mean like not just actors, right? Like I was talking with the with our gaffer about this. I was talking with our prop master about loss. Uh, uh, and, and he'd experienced loss. He'd lost his father the way I'd lost my father. And we just had these like really good conversations with everybody as a family. And that was kind of cool. So when we would talk about what was authentic to us, we would take every scene. And before we would, we would shoot, I'd say like this, how do you feel about this? What does this feel like? Does this feel authentic to you? Does it feel good coming out of your mouth? And uh uh, I, I remember like the slight intimidation I had on the on day one working with Paul Racy, you know, Oscar nominee Paul Racy. Like, who am I? I get to direct Paul Racy. That's crazy. And I remember after, you know, after about four takes, I said, that's great. I want to try it this way. But I also want to make sure that this feels comfortable coming out of your mouth. This is work for your, you know, for your for your dialect or whatever. And I remember he says this is all working fine. And he kind of shook his finger like, yes, that's a great idea. And he walked away and then he turned around and says, by the way. You're a great director. You are what I call an actor's director. And I was like, oh, I'm an actor's director. And I remember like at that point, I just I I just I just kind of like was filled with confidence. And at that moment, I realized we were all building something. You know, we were all building this uh, this house, you know, and like the way I've been telling the actor uh, talking to the uh, actors about Tribeca is this is our housewarming. You mentioned Paul Racy, of course, I want to zoom in a bit on the character of Mealworm and uh, what he represents to you in in this story and of course just working with paul racy too and in that collaboration how did you process all of that uh i think i'm always processing that <laughs> because uh i i remember uh recommending um a paul racy type you know i was like oh you know i, I don't think you're thinking gravitas enough like i i think you know because uh, the ideas were thrown around for who would play mealworm and um, and again, I'm coming into this after the script had been written and people had already been like throwing ideas about about who should play whom. And I came in and said, you know, we need a certain type for this, you know, because I think I was the only one who read the script and kind of found him a little creepy. I was like, he's this is kind of a home invasion, you know, and I said, but you don't want a creepy actor. You want someone with gravitas, someone who can be warm, but also untrustworthy, right? Like somebody with a past. And it's interesting because I was like, oh, so this is what it's like. I just mentioned a type and Grant Rosenmeyer just gets you the person. <laughs> then he set me up with this meeting and I was like, oh, oh okay, okay, I'm going to meet with Paul Racy. And I remember texting Grant and saying like, hey, where are you? Where Are you joining? He, and he texts back. He's like, no, it's just you. 
And I was like, okay, great. Yeah, that's not scary. And right as like, like right when he showed up, I had my, my, my shtick, right? I was like, oh, well, thank you so much, Mr. Racy, for joining me and taking time out of your busy schedule. Congratulations on the Oscar nomination and winning the Independent Spirit Award. He was like, ah, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk to you about your last film, Bitter Melon. I watched it. I thought it was beautiful. And right away, I was like, A, that means he knows Filipino, so that's great. Two, I said A and two, whatever. B, um, this is going to work. <laughs> like I th- I've got him, you know? And, and again, like there was that intimidation on, on day one. I was like, okay. Cause all, all I saw was Joe from sound of metal. Right. All I saw was the guy who, who made the peace sign to the camera at the, at the 2021 Academy Awards. You know, that's what I had in my head. And as time passed, there was something that kind of grew between us where we both kind of kept checking in with each other um, for each other, but also saying, Hey, we have to take care of this cast, you know? And, uh, we kind of not not to say that we were like the dads of the production, but like, you know, we just knew that it was what we had was so heartfelt on everyone's part that it was kind of fragile, you know, and and he looked at me and he says, we got to take care of this guy, meaning Grant, Grant Rosemeyer, you know, and we kind of had like a little pinky swear. Um, so even with the pinky swear and even with all, you know, the numerous shots of whatever alcohol that we would do to bond, I will always be starstruck by him. So I'm still processing. I love hearing that. That that is really special uh, to just peek in behind the scenes there and, and hear how that relationship developed. Uh, something I'm curious about with the film is uh, just the look of it, the the world building that you develop, um, because so much of it does take place in uh, this main main character of Ben's home. But there's a lot of different ways that you approach how his home is actually reflecting his journey, if you will, and. There's some beautiful shots of, uh, you know, clouds in in the in the space. And so how did you how did you go about building that out and some conversations with some of your craft team on on uh, reflecting that space in in the mental journey, mental and emotional journey of this character? Well, I, 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 I want to do my obvious shout out. Right. Which is my um, DP, Marcus Menser. When I made my uh, director's uh deck i didn't want to call it a deck it was like a creative proposal more like you know and i think that was also me saying like i don't know if i'm going to do this movie so i'm not going to call it a deck in case i don't get the job but i made this deck and i said okay if i were to make this movie this is how i would want it to look and i wasn't trying to be different i just knew that this was the kind of script that could easily fall into claptrap it could easily be a hallmark movie that just you know overlight everything make sure no one has any shadows and throw strings over every soundtrack and there you go one and done and uh, and this is the kind of story that would call for that. So when I made the creative proposal, I was throwing in images from Bra- Terry Gilliam's Brazil, Terrence Malick's Tree of Life, um, saying, I want natural light for this because I don't want this to feel lit, right? Um, I also was showing shots from, uh, you know, this, uh, Tree of Life and other films shot by Emmanuel Lebeski because um, I love wide angle lenses. <laughs> I just, I, 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 I love the idea of this movie having no straight lines, right? Everything just has a curve to it. Everything feels a little exaggerated because it's this, it, it is a bit of a fable, right? And, and, and when I put that out there, I think as I was talking to a bunch of different cinematographers, I think for the most part, I was getting a bunch of people saying like, yeah, you shouldn't do things like that. That's not what you do. That's not how you shoot a movie. And, uh, and which is fine. That's their right to do so. And it was my right to push back and say, no, this, I, this is what I want. And when I met Marcus Menser, um, I saw that he'd already been doing that. He did this film called Clara's Ghost and he shot it in four, three, right? So he was already used to large format. He was used to the aspect ratio that I like and, 
And as soon as we met by Zoom, like it was this weird thing where it's just like, I feel like we've known each other our whole lives. It's weird. We just clicked. And so he flew out to Massachusetts early, much earlier than he was supposed to, to sort of live with us. Right. Like he he was so scrappy, but he just showed up. And uh, we were all in pre-production. We were like fundraising. We were, I mean, this is like pre-production, right? And he decided, I'm just going to come to New York, uh, to Pittsfield and live with the guys. And I'm going to shoot according to what HP says he wants. And we're going to storyboard together. So he shot the whole thing on his phone with me playing all the parts, you know? Um, uh, I, I, I would love to put all that together and make that like a, an uh, alternative version of the movie. Uh, and as we were doing that, Charlie Texter the production designer of the film was on set. And so we had the luxury of living with him. Right. And he'd had these great, he had his own lookbook. He loved what we were referencing in our lookbook. And he just had these really quirky ways of uh, bringing the script to life. You know, I think like, I would say like, well, if we went subtle, what would the cloud room look like? You know, I would think it'd be really nice if we just used the highlights of the outside to represent the white of clouds and have him paint the room blue. And Charlie was like, yeah, or we could just hang clouds. <laughs> and, and I remember thinking, well, that's actually really beautiful. Let's let's, let's take a look. And uh, the combination of, of the production design, the cinematography, and oh, there was this, I, I mean, I, I really want to call this out. There's a, um, our best boy um, had this idea to make one of the clouds flash. And the gaffer, uh, uh, his, his name is Tom Henderson, and our gaffer, Owen Lupton was like, I don't know, that seems like a bit over the top but I'll do it if you want. And let's see what, it, let's see if HB even likes it. And I remember I was doing something outside in the backyard, getting ready for the coffin shot. And as soon as I had that all prepped, they were like, come in here, check this out. And like half the room was like, yeah, I don't know. And the other half was like, oh, he's going to love it. And I loved it. And I love that last night at the premiere, Rowan came to me and was like, okay, I stand corrected. That was an awesome shot. So I feel like everybody and, and like and, and kudos to Rowan for even trying. Right. And kudos to the best boy for having that idea. Everyone had their stamp on making the look of this film. And I think this it's it's because of that. The world of the secret art of human flight feels like a living, breathing world. Yeah, no, I, I love hearing I always love hearing uh, that work from the craft team and the way that that influences uh, the storytelling, because they bring I feel like the craft just just brings such a, a, a liveliness to to the storytelling. And and when I saw this was when I pulled it up and it was four three and I was like, all right, I'm in. <laughs> I, I, love, <laughs> I, I love it. Um, um, but yeah, I just to wrap up, uh, you know, this film is you're currently undergoing it with Tribeca. And um, it deals with, as we've touched on, some um, some major themes that have implications in your own life is there anything uh some takeaways and that you've pulled from from this experience that you're gonna continue to move forward with in in your filmmaking um i think i mean there, there there are takeaways from the experience and there are takeaways from the film right i think that the takeaway that i have from the film um just on my own part, right? Because this is the first time I'm directing a film I didn't write. So I get to like treat it like, like I can direct it. And then like, I can be standing on set and saying like, wow, I'm watching someone else's movie. That's kind of cool. And have take different takeaways every time. I think that um, after watching it last night in this crowded theater for the first time with a bunch of like people that, you know, aren't family and friends, um, I was watching the movie differently. And certain lines were resonating in ways that, ha that they hadn't resonated before, you know, 
give credit where it's due, you know, Jesse, Jesse Orenstein wrote like the basic, like the structure for what turned out to be this really beautiful meditation on grief. And there's that moment where Ben Grady's, Ben Grady says, where'd you come up with all this? Where'd you, how, you know, where, where, where'd you, where'd you learn how to fly? Um, and it cuts to Milrom and he says, I wasn't trying to fly. And Ben Grady gets stopped in his tracks and he says, you lost someone too. And I remember like just watching that last night for the first time. I said, Hey, that was, that's kind of how we all met each other on set. You know, there was like this moment of like, you lost someone too. You lost someone too. You lost something too. You lost your job. You lost whatever. And people were so open about their loss. And I think one thing that uh, I take away from the experience of the movie is that grieving just happens. There's no right way or wrong way, right? Like, I think you can go ahead and advise someone. I do, of, of course, I'm an advocate of therapy, yes, for sure. But also, there's no right or wrong way to grieve. If you're grieving and you're making it through, the only way out is through, right? So that's what I take away from this film. If I stand away from it and say, this is a movie that exists outside of me, and I want to glean something from it. Now, the experience that I have uh, is kind of related. It took a lot of heart to make this movie. Um and we all had to we all had to allow ourselves to have open hearts. We all had to see each other as equals, treat each other with respect and kindness, 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 because um, we all all subscribe to this culture of kindness on set. And look at what came from it. Um, I think it shows. And I really I I, I now really strong. I've, and I've been doing this for decades. Right. But like I really it's funny. It takes this long for me to just kind of say, hey, I can distill it. The culture you set on set will shine through the film. A hundred percent. And I, I think it absolutely does in this case. And I am, I'm kind of truly touched by the way that you're describing it now and, and almost want to just rewatch the film with that, with that perspective. And so thank you so much, uh, HP for this conversation. Thank you so much for the film. Congratulations on it and, uh, best of luck with everything you're doing. Best of luck with the rest of the festival. Uh, thank you again. I, I really enjoyed having this conversation with you. Thank you for having me on. Have a great weekend. Yes, you too. You too.